This is Simon, and this is Simon. This is Simon Koshup, for those of you who don't know. This is Simon Harris, for those of you who don't know. And this Simon Koshat has just published his second book, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and a very appropriate link there from uh, Mr. Cutting, sir, because your second book is As a Watchman Waits. So let's dig in there, shall we? Why did you call it As a Watchman Waits? What does that mean for you? Uh, I had a spiritual experience in 2012 prior to my wedding. Uh, in January, it was, and uh, I felt that God was calling me to be a watchman for Ipswich, and so I didn't know what he was on about, so I had to try and find out what he was on about, and um, I felt that basically he was calling me to uh, uh, be a watchman on the ramparts for Ipswich, and to pray for Ipswich systematically, or regularly, I would probably say, rather than systematically. And to listen. So as a watchman waits is some of the fruit of the listening. So literally I would ask God, what do you want to say to me this week? And write some stuff down. It's probably imperfect, but <laughs> it is, um, that's the origin of it. I, th- I think that's a, a fantastic gateway in, because the book is a reflection of your personal experiences. It's a very personal book, isn't it? I, uh, um, I feel like as I read it, I, I relate to you, obviously, because I know you, but anyway, you, you get to know the author. You're, you're very vulnerable in a way. You reveal your heart, and it's around the, uh, I guess, I, uh, as I reflected on the book, it's around your heart for prayer, uh, your heart for a mission evangelism, your heart for family and, and relationships and love of Scripture, all are kind of the, the things that come through. The book is a, is, is a series of personal reflections, so you might pick it up for, uh, and read, you know, a word-for-the-day type reflection, uh, or you might, might read it through. But what, what, what would be for you the overriding message that you, were, that, that, that you think the book encapsulates? What, what is it that, that really well, comes the, to the, the fore for you? The overriding message of Christianity is... Appallingly simple, but we have a lot of trouble taking it on board, <laughs> which is that God loves us, oh, man. and that he wants us to love him back, and he wants to love us back. Mm. So, that's the overriding message. Um, I su- summarise it, well, I don't summarise it. Mercifully, uh, one of the letters of John summarises it as God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. It's, that's what Christianity is about. Jesus is the message of God. Um, I discovered on my honeymoon uh, that God knew I was an evangelist because he got somebody to prophesy over myself and my wife. Um, there was a very accuracy, accurate prophecy about my wife and her she was told she was a spiritual nurse, which is funny because she's actually a nurse, nurse, but she's also a spiritual nurse as well. The prophecy over me was like the guy just pointed at me and said, you and you, you are an evangelist. And it was a bit more powerful than that. And uh, they prayed over us. They didn't know us from Adam. It was quite an experience, really. 
Sorry, that's the diversion. Uh, that, that'll, no, 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 no. I mean, because that, that, that evangelistic heart uh, will come back yeah. to when we think about yeah. the other book that you wrote um, earlier on last year. But ju- just with this personal, because I, I, even as you're talking now, it sense the reality of the things you're talking about. It's very emotional for you. It's raw for you. It's real for you. And that, that really does come through in the book. And, and there are loads of, therefore, powerful kind of metaphors and, and images that are in the book. Tell us about the white stone. Right. Well, the white stone, I carry a, in my travel Bible, I carry a white stone, which I picked up on a beach somewhere. I, I selected it because it's more or less flat, so it can sit inside a Bible without a problem. The Bible's a zip-up Bible. It quite often drops out as I unzip the Bible. Um, the significance of the white stone is to remind myself that I am acquitted, that Christ has acquitted me. Whatever sins I have done in my life, and I do continue to sin, so... But no. Yes, I know, it's a surprise, isn't it? Um, but Christ's acquittal for us is oh, one full and final sacrifice on the cross, an expiation for all of us, each one of us here, regardless of how we may feel inside. And so the, the, white, cro- the white stone is a reminder that, um, that I have been acquitted that I have been forgiven by Jesus. Now, the reason it's a white stone is like in uh, biblical times, if you were found guilty, the judge would drop a black stone in, into, I think it was into a bowl or something, but you know, like symbolically it would go, and if you were guilty, it would be a black stone. If you were uh, ascribed not guilty, <laughs> Uh, a white stone would be dropped in. So it's a reminder. It's, it's part of my life, but I mean, I think other people have done it as well, so it's probably not an original thought. The whole thing with preaching is it's all derivative. Um, and a lot of us who have been exposed to Christianity all over our life, we, sometimes we don't even know where stuff has come from. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> But it's that, it's that longing, isn't it, for other people to know and to hear that message that, that, that really is at the core of your being, as you would yeah. expect as an, well, as an evangelist. And that's what was the heart behind the first book that you yeah. wrote. Tell, tell us yeah. about. Well, there's a thirst in me, really, which uh, has been fueled since I was a young man. Um, I, I'm a cradle Catholic in the sense I was baptised as a baby. Uh, a lot of Catholics who are baptised as a baby have a second conversion experience. Uh, my conversion experience happened after I stopped going to church and God kind of went and hunted for me and found me. And then uh, I had two or three kind of really quite powerful spiritual experiences and uh, started going around with a whole people of, from the charismatic renewal in the 1970s. I got baptised in the spirit, and uh, it took. <laughs> and uh, there's been like a variety of things that have happened since then. So, um, so you wrote wrote this first book, Spin Drift. Yeah. What? T- t- tell us about the book, <laughs> but tell us the heart behind it. Why? Why did you write it? Tell us about it first, and then okay. why? And then why you wrote it? Right. Spin Drift is a novel. 
which uh, touched on last week, which is based on the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, I Basically, I, I started writing it to support my son, who, was, who has been into creative writing a long time, and he and I decided to take part in something called National Novel Writing Month. And it was all very last minute, so I kind of like was scrabbling around for a parable. And the thing is, it came out of prayer that I was doing it with him. Because he's my son. He's my youngest son. And I wanted to sort of like stand with him in his desire to write a novel. So I felt that the way God revealed to me to do that was to actually write a novel alongside him. So we both did it. His, his, his is published as well in the name Mark Bardwell. Um, and mine is in Simon Bardwell. And the reason is we both wanted to honour my mother. Um, I come from a single parent family, so writing about fatherhood is quite an interesting experience for me. Um, my actual father was a paranoid schizophrenic and a chronic alcoholic. Quite an interesting combination for a family to experience. Um, and so what has happened to me is that saying too much again. What has happened to me is God has fathered me. <laughs> he has sent people into my life. Um, and I, mm. I would like to name some of them. William Patrick Denning, who was a canon in the Catholic Church who lived down the road from us. He was immensely helpful to my mother. He, sometimes when my father was throwing things at my mother, he would come round to the house and bring a sense of uh, peace and calm to the house. Um, a Jesuit called William, uh, sorry, uh, Father Brassel, but I can't remember his first name, but he, he was also immensely, you know, these men, it wasn't part of their mission, but I think really, you know, look, what happens at church is sometimes people rock up and people have to think, well, what, what can we do to help these guys? And then a Franciscan monk Father Bruno, all these guys were really important to us as a family and like all my sisters and myself would say with great affection that they mm. were really kind to us. Um, at times when our family was like just like barely surviving by pulling itself up by its bootstraps. Um, and then later in life there's been other people who have been significant but I, I've realize that from a spiritual perspective what happened is that God has sent people who have stood in the place of an earthly father. And that, that, that book, the novel that you wrote, uh, that has at its very depth the father heart of God, the, the yeah. father's heart yeah. that, that, that can reach you whatever place you find uh, yourself in, yeah. uh, what's, your, what's your longing and your hope for it? That's well, a well, final uh, question. It's, it is based on the parable of the prodigal son, but it is written from a secular perspective, so it is quite earthy. Um, I deliberately did it that way because I wanted it to speak into people's lives who have no Christian background at all. Um, interestingly enough, my colleagues at work read it, and uh, most, most of them enjoyed it. A couple, like, it wasn't, you know, like... Somebody was into action novels, so they weren't interested in it because it's not an action novel as such. Uh, but it is an, um, 
a book about a man who loses himself and then finds himself again, and how uh, God kind of like um, pulls him around. But there, there are people in his life, it mirrors mine in a way, and there are people in his life who act as kind of angels to him, in the sense that they speak sense to him when he's wandering off. When, when Sai says it's earthy, it's code for make sure you read it first before you buy it for your mother-in-law, well, thinking it's a nice Christian book. Because <laughs> there'll be some surprises in there, and it will change the conversation around the table. So be warned, you heard it here first. It, actually, it's not that bad, I'd just like to say. <laughs> the, what, what happens, I find, is... is for, a, for a good Christian boy... <laughs> what is interesting is people kind of project into it from their own life. So for some reason, some people it's earthier than others. It's really, it's We're digging a big hole here now. 